Hey friends, welcome to our digital space. On This Girl Life, we're trying to figure life out. And there's no better way to do that than with your best friend by your side. So join us each week as we bring on experts to help us navigate This Girl Life. All right, here are your hosts, Whitney and Kristen. Today's sponsor is Hero Cosmetics. They sent us over the Mighty Patch, which is a hydrocolloid acne patch. Wait, I actually had a monster pimple pop up last night. So I stuck on my Mighty Patch original overnight, and this morning when I woke up, it was totally flat. I know, these definitely work. If you want to try a Mighty Patch for yourself, use the code thisgirllife 15 for 15% off herocosmetics.com. Okay, okay, 61, 61. We're jumping in. <laughs> that was recorded. Were you already re- oh, beautiful. <laughs> I hope you guys love my singing voice. I plan on going on Dancing with the Stars, or not Dancing with the Stars. American Idol, close enough. Kristen doesn't know. It's episode 61, you guys, and we are a hot mess. 61, 61. Guys, if at this point, when this episode is airing, I am still pregnant, I am unhappy, so send wine. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, today we are talking all about delivery. So we're going to get all the details, whether it's a vaginal delivery and a C-section. We're here to give you our personal experience doing, Kristen did a vaginal and I did a C-section. So we have gotten so many questions throughout our pregnancy as both Whitney and I just individual on Instagram, along with when we asked you guys on TGL, what you wanted to hear. We have a lot of pregnant listeners apparently, and you guys want to hear about it. So we are going to share the nitty gritty (laughs) and it's going to get a little personal. Keep in mind what we are giving you today is not medical advice. So it is what happened to Whitney and I during our very different deliveries doesn't mean it's going to happen to you. Doesn't mean it's going to happen to someone else, but this is just our experience. So if you have questions, call your OB, call your midwife. Yeah. We're not your doctors. Okay. We are not your doctors. Okay. No. Now that we got that covered. We just have to like get that out of the way. Um, (laughs) We're going to jump right in and we're honestly, we have general and we have vaginal and we have C-section questions. So, I mean, we didn't even talk about it. How do you want to start it, Kristen? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. So one of the questions that my coworker actually asked is, do you get to choose what type of delivery you have? Mm, Good question. So I would say generally, no, they lead you towards a vaginal delivery. Do you think that's accurate? Um, yes. They'll want you to do it. They want you to. With an asterisk is yes. So it's like, what are your conditions? So for example, for me, I went in, I was like, I'm not having a vaginal delivery. I have hip dysplasia. That's my asterisk, asterisk, whatever. And I was like, there's no way. So and then we have like a friend who has like major back problems, right? Like she's just like, I can't do it. So I think they'll always want you, always want you to go vaginal. But depending on your scenario and your situation, you may end up being led to a C-section. And over the course of your pregnancy, that can change too. Like different things can come up and the baby, like for instance, this baby was breech for a while. And if she hadn't have gone head down, then we probably would have scheduled a C-section because pushing vaginally on a breech baby is not the best thing. So that could also change during your pregnancy. But I would say not, you know, they're going to push you towards vaginal unless you have the asterisk. True. Perfect. Um, Another one was, and this changes because of COVID. So these are super interesting questions now because it's changed. Who can be with me at the hospital? 
So typically, if you're in a C-section, it's one person. Hmm. And vaginally, it's different, right? Like, I believe you yeah. can have as like quite a few, right? I had my mother and both my mom, my mother-in-law and Adam. Okay. And like my, both my, the dads and my brother were in the delivery room with me until it was time to start pushing. Yeah. And the doctor came in and was like, okay, your time to go, you know? Yeah. So this time though, I can only have my spouse. There you go. I think that's where we're at now. So if you're delivering from here on in the summer and fall, like I believe it's just a spouse. Yeah. Yeah. And that could totally be your hospital. So per hospital, check with them. Yeah, definitely. What tips do you have prior to delivery? So I was actually just talking to our girlfriend, our other friend who's pregnant, and she was like, I'm probably not going to get to tour the hospital. And I, I didn't do that with mine, my first. Mm-hmm. Did you? I did. You did? I yeah, did. I didn't do it. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a big deal, to be honest. I don't know why yeah. we did it. Like, I'm a nurse. I was like, I know what's going on here. I don't know. <laughs> it was like my first pregnancy, so I have to tour a hospital. Right. And it's her first pregnancy. So Totally, yeah. If it's your first pregnancy, you might feel really led to. And it, I would say if you can't, again, I don't want to, like, put feelings in your mouth and your head. But, like, don't f- don't freak out if you don't get to view the yeah. hospital. Yeah. Um, they'll walk you through it day of, I'm sure. So And, like, for instance, mine changed. I don't check into mom baby anymore or labor and delivery. I check into the ER. Like, that's where they're having everyone come in. And then you go through the hospital that way. So – Again, COVID is changing everything and how we kind of know what's going on. So, yeah. And then pack a hospital bag. Yeah. You know, have some stuff ready that you want to have in a delivery room, but that's kind of get excited. Yeah. (laughs) Sleep a lot. That's my tip prior to having a baby. Sleep a lot. Like sleep as much (laughs) as you can. Um, Oh, I have another one. What? Eat. So I don't know how this works for a C-section. It's going to be different. Yeah. Totally different. But you can't eat once you get into the hospital for vaginal. Like, they cut that out and you don't eat. So all my friends that had had babies before me, they were like, get breakfast on the way to the hospital. Like, whatever you do, bring a sal- bring a bagel. Bring, you know, I went in in the morning, so I brought, like, a bagel with me and ate it in the car. But I'm so glad because I didn't eat for another 25 hours. Yeah. You know? So, like, I was so nervous, but I forced myself to eat. So eat. Yeah. I don't know. What about C-section? How does that work? So C-section, it's usually 12 hours prior. Um, That's what mine was because you're having surgery. So, um, you know, 12 hours prior, I stopped doing everything. I believe I could have clear, like, some water in the morning. But, again, that's more strict than, obviously, vaginal. But here's the the thing is, for me, a lot of um, girls after the C-section have, like, don't want to eat. And I was like, okay, I'm good. Like, I can eat, like. I had no problem with that. So, again, those are two differences that, you know, yeah. you just have to roll with Absolutely. the flow. Go with the ro- yeah. whatever. <laughs> roll with the punches, Go, guys. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so. Oh, my Lord. Um, right. Well, let's okay. get into your vag- some of your vaginal questions that were sent to okay. us because they're really good. And I actually, because I have no idea, like, because <laughs> I didn't experience it. So, yeah. okay. Are there other options once you're there? And I don't know what this person means by that question. So this was my coworker as well. And she was just kind of wondering, like, when you get there, are there, can you like change your birth plan? Can you change your route of, you know, like if your water breaks, do you go have a C-section? Like, do you have that option once you're kind of in that process? So I think that's kind of where she was going. 
Um, I would say no asterisk. Like if your water breaks and you're going into delivery, like you're moving forward with having a vaginal delivery. Obviously if the meconium starts coming out, which means the baby's poop, that is not a good sign. So that's usually a sign that they'll push you into a C-section. If you've been pushing too long, C-section, if babies breach, if there's, you know, if heart rate drops, like there's all these other reasons that things change once you get there. Um, and then once you're, what are your options once you're there? That totally depends on like how dilated you are. Like I was not dilated and I had no contraction. So they put me on Pitocin to start getting all that stuff moving along. Right. So it's such a hard question because I don't think so. You know, like your yeah. option is going in to deliver a baby and then they're going to check you out and see kind of where you're at. Yeah. Just look at the circumstance. You have to look at the circumstances. Yeah. One thing I learned, because I'm not a good proponent, like I'm not a good like fighter for myself. I'm not a nurse. I have no nothing, mm-hmm. you know? And so I had been in labor for 24 hours and my nurse said she wanted me to take an hour break. She was like, you know, pushing for first times moms can take anywhere between one and three hours. I think you should take a break. And my mother-in-law, who is a nurse, was like, no, you just need to keep going. Like your water's been broken for 24 hours, which is usually the max because they don't want um, infection. And so she told the nurse, no, we're going to go keep pushing. And I'm so glad she did. So be a proponent of your own. That was an option that like my nurse gave me and I had trusted her for the last, you know, 24 hours. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, gosh, tricky situation for sure. But you push through and baby Quinn's out. So Um, so what is it like when your water breaks? Okay, well, I was expecting when when Miranda's breaks all over Carrie's shoes and Sex in the City. And it's like this like – no, mine, I stood up in the morning and I felt like I kind of peed my pants. But I was 40 weeks pregnant, so that was kind of usual. And I went to the bathroom and it, I couldn't stop it from coming out. So it wasn't a gush by any means, but they told me the reason that is because Quinny was like literally sitting on like where it comes out. So when she'd move, some would come out. Oh. And when she like, so it kind of comes out over the neck. It came out for me over like the next six hours. Oh, wow. But when I went pee, I peed and then it didn't stop. Okay. And so that's how I knew that my water broke. But if you don't know and you think it did, they'll test you. So mm-hmm. they'll have you come in and they'll test the water. Yeah. And if it's not water, they'll send you home. And if it is, then they check you in. Oh, man. See, all the stuff I didn't have to do. All the <laughs> stuff. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. C-sections are so – it's just so different. Okay. <laughs> what is an induction like? What was that like for you? So I got asked this and I don't know. I scheduled an induction for Quinny and my water broke the day before. So I am scheduled for an induction with this baby again. And I have no idea. From what I understand, they hook you up to Pitocin to get your contractions started and moving. And then sometimes they break your water. Sometimes that forces your water to break. But Mm -hmm. it's basically just like getting your water to break, inducing you enough to get your water to break. So I'll let you know. Something I've heard about induction, and again, we might have some OB nurses or OB docs listening. I'm not sure. But I've heard that obviously when you get induced, we're pumping you full of a lot more fluids. So a lot of times you're going to retain more fluid afterwards. Like you might bloat um, and uh, have like a different experience in that regard. So I found that interesting when I had heard that. So the thing I like about an induction, like the thing I love in my head about a C-section is it's scheduled. And you Mm -hmm. guys know me and my calendars and my OCD. My induction is scheduled. So like 730 on a day I'm going in. You know, so you're like loving it. 
I love it. That for me is why it's worth it. <laughs> All right. So we kind of talked about that of who can be in the delivery room. Okay. So how will I know when to push? Because you are counting down the seconds until your doctor comes in and says, <laughs> okay, you're 10 centimeters dilated. Like you have to be 10 centimeters dilated and your doctor will come in and check you, which is one of our generic questions. Like how many times does the doctor come in for, to check? They'll just come in and they'll be like, oh, you're six centimeters. Oh, I was taking forever to progress. And they'll come in and they're like, it's time. Like, and it's amazing. She's like, 10 centimeters and it's time. And then they walk you through it and they push you through it. And like I mentioned before, most first time moms push between like one and three hours. I pushed for 41 minutes. Not bad. Not bad bad. person. Um, Okay. (laughs) Do you tear? And if, and how much, I guess, did you tear? Okay. So I didn't tear at all. I'm Ooh, knocking on wood. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. Quinn was eight pounds, eight ounces. I have no idea how I didn't tear. It says a lot for my anatomy, apparently. Um, you can tear a lot. You can tear, guys. I don't want to scare you, but you can tear all the way to your butthole. Yeah. So, like, you can. And you get stitched and it makes your recovery a little bit longer, but like, that can, you know, most, I would say, most of the people I know that have had a vaginal delivery have torn. Uh, yes. I would a say little. on average, I yeah. hear like one to two stitches is what mm-hmm. like all my friends who have had vaginal deliveries besides yeah. you. But I question with you is your labor process. So you labored a long time. And I don't know if like that area, that like perineum area was stretched yeah. a lot with you or if your nurse was in there massaging. There's a lot and of things. And my doctor, when I would – because you push for 10 seconds and then you are off for 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And while I wasn't pushing, she was – this is a lot of information, guys. But she's like in your vagina massaging, massaging. you. See, she she was massaging. The entire yeah. time that I wasn't pushing. And then I would push and the second I'd stop, she would massage. And like you don't feel it because you have an epidural or maybe you don't. But right. I swear that she is a big part of why I didn't tear because she was working really hard at that. Yeah, something you can ask your doctor to do. Yes. is to massage the vag, guys. Because you can that, even start that before you go into delivery, guys. You can. Very Your true. can do it. It's but. not sexual. It's true love. <laughs> That's what it is, guys. It's called true effing love. <laughs> not sexual. Excuse me, honey. It's 7 o'clock. It's time to uh, massage my vagina. Could you get the olive oil out and massage my perineum? Thank right you. There. Yep. Right oh, there. Oh, gosh. Okay. Do you poop? I love this question. I did. Yeah. Um, Most people do. You know, the best piece of advice I got going into delivery was push like you're pooping. And that's what I did. I pushed like I was pooping out a baby. You know what? And that's like I've heard – I've heard that exact same thing. And I've also heard that some girls – and this is not medical advice. This is just like some girls I've heard, one in particular (laughs) – They do an enema the night before. They've like – Interesting. Yeah. To like clean themselves out. And I think that's someone who's like really paranoid about it. (laughs) But I have heard that. So – And I don't know. I So I can remember when I did because you can feel a little bit of a difference. Mm -hmm. And like, guys, the tarp goes away. A new tarp comes. And it was like nothing had happened. You know? And I'm sure – if you ask my husband who was standing above my shoulder, maybe there was a different <laughs> thought process going on in his head. Vibe in the room. <laughs> Whoa. No. Um, but it's 
in that moment, you're pushing so hard. It is literally the last thing. I was very nervous about pooping. Yeah. Very. Okay. It's partially why I'm so glad I have a C-section. <laughs> I'm like, it's it would be my one thing. Like, I would be the girl to do the enema. Not going to lie. Yeah. It, yeah. It's it's a little – and then you're pushing so hard and you, you're, they're in the ring of fire most of the time and it mm-hmm. hurts so bad that you're like, fuck it. Yeah. But that's how you have to go into it. You truly yep. do. Every woman goes through it. Every person does it. So at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Right. So. Right. And I think I'll just always remember Adam talking to his buddies a few days after Quinn was born. We were home and he was upstairs. And I just remember him saying to his friends on the phone, guys, it was just like un- unlike anything I've ever seen before. Like it was crazy. <laughs> and I don't know if he knew that I could hear him, but he was being so sweet. He was like, she's like, uh, it was like, I- she was like, superhero like it was unlike anything I've ever seen before and I just remember being like you're so cute but also thank you for recognizing and not telling your friends I pooped on the table so he wouldn't do that he would (laughs) not do that but it's true honestly I would say vaginal delivery and this is not to take away from a c-section because I had a c-section they are both freaking giving birth trust me and there's like I know that's a big issue for some women, but honestly, I've watched my sister deliver twice and was there, and it is. It is, like, the fact that you can do that, we can do that, is incredible. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I don't even know how to explain it. So, I'm like, oh. Yeah, I think Oh, I was that's like, a really good segue into C-section. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people have this, like, preconceived idea, and that's, like, a big part of this podcast is, like, how you bring your child into the world does not make you a better mom, a better like parent, a stronger woman. Like my God, my recovery was five days where C-sections are crazy. Like, so I hope you all feel that like we both had very different ones, but we both have healthy babies now. And like, that's all that matters. And that's like at the end of the day. Right. A hundred percent. I hope that's what people take away because it really makes me sad when I hear like those comments I just it's like do you think I want to like have to have a like you know a surgery surgery. (laughs) yeah and that's what I think people don't realize is like you're not just going in and getting this little teeny cut and a baby comes out like this is a big freaking deal so time to dive into Whitney's questions guys let's dive into the c-sections send it so I don't know anything about a C-section, so I'm going to ask you these questions, and I don't even know what I'm asking you. Okay. So, Whitney, how bad is the tugging feeling? Okay. So I'll explain that. That was a really good question, and this is probably somebody who's going to have a C-section, and they've heard this. Um, so when you go in, you have a spinal, like spinal epidural, and so you don't feel anything, right? Like that feeling of having a spinal, it's like my legs went numb. I was like, ooh, this is so cool. It was like heavy and oh, then so good. warm and then you don't feel anything. <laughs> but what you do feel during a C-section and they'll let you know is a tugging feeling because obviously they are, you know, there is an incision and then they have to open you up. And to get the baby out, to move that baby, there is tugging. They're literally moving organs. I know it's right. weird, but there is a sense of tugging. And I mean, I was like, like moving around. And at one point, Blakely, for me, she was so deep in my cavity and so high. They were like, okay, Whitney, <laughs> we're going to push on your stomach. And basically it was to help get her out from underneath 
my ribs wow. and it, I 100% dropped the F-bomb on video. Kale was recording. <laughs> but right when they did that, it was like I could breathe. It was right. like baby was out. I could breathe. Yep. So there's definitely tugging and, and like a weird feeling. Yes. But don't so let it worry you. Let's go back because one thing mm-hmm. we didn't cover that now we both have is spinal tap and epidurals. Yes. So one thing you're, you're, you will hear about epidurals is the same thing kind of on the C-section vaginal delivery debate is like, I had a baby without an epidural or the ones that are like, oh, I got all the drugs. And I'm one that was like, I got all the drugs. I got a spinal tap and like it made my pregnancy, it made my delivery like a lot easier for me. I'm sure it did because I wasn't throwing up sick, nauseous. But Whitney explained it the best way is she was fully awake. So I don't want you guys to think like you get an epidural and you're in this like drugged out coma. You are absolutely not. No. Like your legs feel warm and it's magic. Yeah. But like you are still very much with it. Right. And 100% like epidural versus a spinal. Like we won't – I won't go into like – the medical side of the differences there are differences between them but for me you know when you do a c-section what i've i believe most of the time they do a spinal so okay. that's yeah but again don't quote me on that i'm not no be nurse so and don't be freaked out that you're gonna like miss the birth of your child because you have an epidural or a spinal like that no. is not no you don't get sleepy i will say Mm-mm. for this so here's the difference so i Somebody maybe wrote a question on this, but so with a spinal, what I did get a spinal, but then I was given throughout, which again, Kristen, you may too, was you maybe were given some pain meds. So I was given some pain meds on top of that, but I actually told my doctor, give me like the minimal amount because I did not want to be any sort of loopy or not with it. Right. So yeah. I got the epidural and then they give you like a boost throughout while you're pushing. Cause you get to pick when you want your epidural. Like if you're struggling, you get it and you get little boosts that you can give yourself more as it goes on. And then the second baby comes out and you deliver the placenta, which we didn't talk about. You also have to deliver the placenta. They pull the epidural out and I was up within 25 minutes, like walk you, they make you go to the bathroom. So like yeah. you're up. Yeah. So yes. Okay. Whitney. Did you get gas pains and feel it in your shoulder? Yeah. So this is another part when you have surgery, um, whether at like any type of like abdominal surgery, you'll get gas pockets after they close you up. And so what happens again, not this always, is post. this is post. So okay. those gas bubbles have to move around and they get all stuck and they have to work their way. But a lot of times when you have any sort of gas in your stomach, you're going to feel pain and you'll feel referred pain up in your shoulder or up in the back of, like, by your scapula. So that's something they really don't necessarily tell you all the time. Your nurse might throw it in there post-op and say, oh, yeah, you might, you know, feel this. But I did feel it. Um, And for me as a nurse, I was like, oh, that's what it is. Like, Interesting. Yeah, I knew How long does it last? Like, how long do you feel that pain? You know, it depends per person. Like, for me, I just felt it a little bit. Like, I didn't have that bad of like just stomach pains or anything like I don't know I just didn't experience it that bad I said 10 minutes maybe I feel like felt it and then it just kind of like went away but I know it can be worse for other people so wow there you go so one thing I think everyone wants to know and that is the big debate about c-sections is like I don't want this humongous scar so tell us everything about the incision 
scarring after I want you to tell a story about we won't tell who it is but the person we both know that you actually helped because she ended up being allergic to formaldehyde and what stitched her up in her first c-section oh iodine yeah iodine and then in her second one she had a different one so it made it better so talk about all of the incision scar details so those are little details um so okay so we'll start with that story so a little tip for anyone going in to get a c-section is they will prep you with something called iodine so if you know that you have a sea uh a seashell or a uh shellfish shellfish what what is happening (laughs) a shellfish allergy so like shrimp um crap whatever anything to shellfish if you have an allergy to that you do not want to be prepped with iodine it will cause a rash it will cause major irritation and that's what happened with a friend who first c-section had no idea and it was just an awful recovery it made it so bad for her um and so the second time around when i actually tapped in i figured it out when we were on a trip that she was allergic I was like, girl, don't have iodine. I remember writing her and being like, don't have iodine on prepped you. And I guess it went a lot better for her. Yeah. Her second pregnancy was like a total game changer. She recovered totally different. So yeah. So it can be very serious. And so that's one tip. Another thing is tape. A lot of people are actually allergic to the tape they place on you, wherever it might be for for your your, um, incision, like they'll tape you over or even your IV, they'll place tape. So if... You feel like you're having a weird reaction, you're itching, take the tape off immediately, ask for like latex-free or a paper tape. Interesting. Yes. Um, that's like Nurse Whitney there. Um, okay. <laughs> no, this- those are great tips because, you know, like you're going to have an IV in mm-hmm. and if that automatically starts itching, imagine having that now on a huge scar on your tummy. So that's huge tips. It's, it would be awful. Um, Okay. The thing with the scar, guys, I was very, I was, this is something that I'm freaking out for my next C-section because I literally am having to find a new doctor being almost six months pregnant as we move. Um, But for me, I went in immediately, even before I delivered, I said, listen, I need to know about the scar. I need to know how long it's going to be. Um, I need to know, I want it as low as possible. And I need to know this type of sutures you're using and like recovery. So I went in and she said, she gave me like, I mean, I don't want to say, I say three inches maybe is what mine is. Um, but again, if you have an emergency C-section, you're going to have a bigger scar. Right. If you have maybe a bigger baby even, they may have to, I don't know how that works. So for me, I was able to keep it low and short and um, I did internal stitches as well. So a dissolvable internal as well as external that then were removed and those dissolvable stitches felt kind of naughty like it was it was like bumpy bumpy due to those internal incision like the just the scarring and those stitches so it will dissolve it smooths out your doctor will give you the go-ahead when you can like massage and use warm compress on that and I did that which helped so much and then um Something else they don't tell you about, it's kind of talked about, but not really, is numbness. So you're going to feel numbness along that scar. And I always, like, I'm going to even have to remind myself this next time around that it totally goes away. For some people, I've heard it can last a while, though. But for me, I would say six months, I was good. Interesting. 
Yes. The one other tip I would use is I use something called scar guard and I painted Mm -hmm. it over my scar and it really helped minimize the look of the scar, the color. We'll link that for you guys. Um, because it's a great product. I even use that on my ACL tear scars. It's amazing stuff for scars. Love it. Yeah. Sweet. So I think another misnomer about C-sections is that you just had surgery, so you don't actually get to see your baby. So can you have skin-to-skin time with your baby? When do you get to see your baby? How does that work? Yeah, so something that I was worried about, some doctors, and this is kind of still weird to me, they um, strap your arms down, which I'm like, I said immediately, I said, no go. I don't want my arms strapped down, but you are wrapped up in blankets, right? So, and everything is like protected, and you have to have it very, you know. Sterile. Yeah, but... (laughs) Your baby is shown, like, this is how it worked for me. My baby was shown to me, and then I got to look at her for a few seconds, and then Kale walked over, and they did all this stuff with her, and then she came back, and they actually put her, like, like cheek to cheek on me, kind of as much skin as I could get out. She was, like, on me. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, I mean, I did did that for a while as they were working on me because it takes, not like with, you know – it takes a time then after you deliver, it's like 30 minutes and they're having to do everything right to like put you back together. So yeah, yeah, I mean, it was a sweet time though that you still had. So as long as everything's going well, you should be able to have contact of some sort with your baby. And then I held her as they rolled me back. Right. Yeah. And I think ask for it, you know, like I think it's okay to ask for what you want, you know, like Quinny came out and they gave her to me right away. And then you deliver the placenta and they fix you up and all that. And then they take you. And then I asked for Adam to get to have skin to skin. So like ask for what you want, you know, like the worst I can say is no. Exactly. Don't feel like, I mean, that's why I didn't feel bad being like, listen, right? Like I want a scar. This is what I want. And I understand right. crappy circumstances if something happens. But when I go into this next doctor, I may be their worst nightmare, to be honest. <laughs> but I have expectations. And I huh. know those expectations. So, yes, please be your own advocate. Yeah, it's super easy to be, like, a little nervous about this. But just ask. Can't yeah. help. And write your questions down. <laughs> if yes. you hear questions that Whitney and I are talking about, write them down right now and then bring them into your doctor. Okay. 100%. How long will your legs be numb post spinal epidural? We kind of talked about this, but how long were yours? Just like an hour, maybe two. And I was like, oh, I'm starting to feel it. Like it didn't last long for me for some reason. Um, And then afterwards, um, not long after that, they took the catheter out. And for sure, they want you up even Mm -hmm. post C-section. So just get ready for that. For me – I, for some reason, didn't have, like, I think I took one Percocet and then I was on Tylenol the rest of the time. It, for yeah. me, I really went in with this mindset, you guys, of, like, almost like a warrior, to be honest. I remember yeah. going in thinking, like, I'm not going to, like, be weighted down by this surgery. I'm not going to let it overcome me in a sense. I just really wanted to be, like, I'm going to get up right. and I'm going to do it. Like, I am mother hear me roar and that's what I did and (laughs) (laughs) just like having that attitude really helped you have to Mm -hmm. absolutely so this I feel like is where a big difference comes and what makes c-section mamas badass 
because there are a lot of limitations because you have just had a major surgery. So what are some of those limitations post C-section? Like, can you drive a car? How much weight can you pick up? What does that look like post C-section? Post C-section, I could not drive for six weeks. And six weeks? Yes. Six weeks. Holy mackerel. I know. And so that definitely, um, that time around made it, like with the first baby, it was fine because I didn't have another baby. This next time, I don't even know what to expect because this, my one baby kid that will be in school. So yeah, it's going to make it very tricky. So that is one thing you have to prepare yourself for. And to be honest, you're not going to want to push the limits. Like I didn't test those waters because any sort of like large movement like that, you don't want to like tear that incision. Mm -hmm. You don't just, you don't want to compromise anything. So that is true. The other thing is yes, picking up things. You have to be careful. Again, I was more of the like warrior mentality. My doctor literally had to say, you're not allowed to work out until I tell you, like you have to do exactly what I'm telling you when it comes to this type of stuff. So I was a very good girl, but Again, it's limits. I don't know the exact poundage, but yeah, you have to watch yourself. You have to watch how you turn, how you get out of bed. Um, mm-hmm. Laughing is probably the worst thing, to be <laughs> honest. The first week, yeah, I'm it sure. hurts like a mother effer. And you have to hold that incision. My one tip here, which we haven't covered, is for me, I took, and this is not medical advice, this is just what I did. I talked to my doctor about it. So please talk to your doctor. Um, the week before delivery, I took one colace, which is a stool softener. Mm. Um, just, I, again, took one colace, didn't have any like runny stools or anything like that. Like it fit, it worked for my body, but post delivery pooping was not a big deal for me because my stools are soft. And that's a big mm. problem with a lot of C-section moms. I would even say that's a big problem in delivery because it's scary. Like, mm. You just pushed a baby out and most of the time they're going to make you poop before you leave the doctor or the hospital. And it's scary. So that's great advice. I didn't, I was taking it because I was <laughs> constipated before delivery, but that's a great piece of advice as you're getting close to those like 37, 38 weeks guys, C-section or not, I would definitely ask your doctor like, Hey, would this benefit me? What's the right dosage for me? Mm-hmm. Because I was already on it. Whitney took it and it, yeah, it helped me too. Cause yeah. the pooping is pooping just scary in general, guys. We don't want to make it any more scary. <laughs> yeah. So that's, yeah, that's a great, a great little piece of advice. But again, there's so many different questions that we, like, I mean, there's, I did a whole blog post on C-sections that I didn't even um, cover some of those things, but there are a ton of questions that I know people have and you just have to ask your doctor. I mean, that's really all you can do. And if you're not satisfied, wait until you're satisfied. Like ask again, be like, I'm, that's not good enough for me. You know? Yeah. So that, yeah, that's my big thing too, is like not having any medical background is like, you have to be your own advocate. And if you don't ask, they're not going to tell you because they do this every day and deliver, you know, 20 babies a day. Like that might be a little bit of an extreme, but like they are not thinking that, Oh my gosh, this is your first time or second time or third time or fourth time. But like, so ask the questions, ask them again, ask a nurse, ask it in a different way because it it's a lot, but it doesn't have to be scary. Yeah. You can feel really prepared going in. That's what I did for Mm -hmm. like a C-section. And I always say one last little tip is for vaginal moms that are going in 
for a vaginal delivery, please do your research on C-sections. Please understand that it's a possibility that you might have a C-section because I've heard so many women that went in for a vaginal and had to do a C-section and it was so traumatic. And I really feel like it wouldn't be as traumatic if you would have been prepared for both and really prepared your mind mentally. Absolutely. Because I think that's the big thing is like the mental game of the switch up at the last minute. And it's scary because now it's surgery and you weren't expecting that. And then my biggest tip, this is what one of my girlfriends told me. She texted me the morning my water broke and she said, enjoy today because it's going to feel chaotic and it's going to feel wild and you're going to be in pain. But this is literally the day your baby comes into the world. And then like, for me, it was the last day of just Adam and I, and the last day of not being a mom, like it's the most magical day. Like I still look back on it and it was a long day, but it was such a magic day and a magic few days in the hospital. Like I know it's overwhelming and stressful, but if you can just like take one step back when you get there and be like, holy sh, this is happening. Yeah. It really does make the day just like so magic. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's a great piece of advice. So. Yes. We hope. If we didn't answer all your questions. Well, we hope to have. Yeah. (laughs) Because we covered a lot in a short amount of time. We ran through them. You can find all these questions on our website. We're going to answer them and probably both put up blog posts on it. I already have one actually. So that will be linked in our website. Um, Yeah. But we hope we helped you guys out like and you feel comfortable to have a baby now. And if you're having a baby, congratulations. It's so exciting. It is. All right, guys. We're going to see you next week. Hope you have a great rest of the week.